Welcome everyone to Films with Women in My Life. My name is Brennan, and your me tonight is Mama Kay. I am here. Yes, you are. Just keeps getting excused for personal reasons. So <laughs> she's she'll, fine. She'll be back. Everything's she fine. She is fine. Yeah. Yes, not, just... not negative for sure. She no. will be back in the future, but uh, not, she's not busy. this episode. Yes, she is busy. We're all yeah. we're all busy, but she's she's got a specific thing. Well, yeah. tonight we're doing No Sudden Move, the new Soderbergh film. Yeah. Always making films that Soderbergh. We've covered several before. We have. Uh, with mixed results. There's a couple they we've were. given passes to, and there were some that we really disliked. And there were some <laughs> we were mixed on. So No oh. Sudden Move is his newest one. It's on HBO Max. Uh, I, I only heard a little, you know... So much as you know, my research for the show, I didn't hear ex- extra things. So, yeah. do you know anything going in? I didn't, but then I realized that it was this. This was the Soderbergh movie that was supposed to have a whole different cast. Uh, that I yeah, felt like, like half the people got replaced. Yeah, that I felt like I knew about that, but then I didn't really follow up on it, and then COVID, and yeah, I think all of that. So this particular part you know what came out i did not really know know about this was yeah this was filmed during he actually filmed two movies during COVID. i don't i think the other one hasn't come out yet but this mm. is one of the two he filmed. i think don cheeto is the only original cast member left okay uh, everyone everyone else was an add-on or a replacement but uh this is the plot of no sudden move set in 1954 detroit no sudden move centers on a group of small-time criminals who are hired to steal what they think is a simple document but their plan goes horribly wrong their search for who hired them and for what ultimate purpose weaves them through all echelons of the race torn rapidly changing city so that's what it's about. It still does have a, what I would consider a pretty a pretty all star cast, despite its changes. Don Cheeto and Benicio del Toro are like the one A and the one B. You also have David Harborough, Amy Simetz, John Hamm, Ray Liotta, Kieran Culkin, Noah Jupe, Brendan Fraser, still kicking around out there. Bill Duke, Julia <laughs> Fox, Frank Shaw, and a surprise cameo, which we can wait till later to talk about because it sure. wasn't in the credits, I don't think. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, it's on HBO Max, as I said, and we're going to spoil it now, like we always do. And we write things here. The films with the women of my life, based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie. So, Kurt Goins is the first guy we meet. He is Don Cheadle. He is a small-time uh, small gangster trying to get enough cash to leave town. Uh, and he gets a job to blackmail or threaten a family in a blackmail scheme, along with two other guys, Ronald and Charlie. Ronald is Benicio Del Toro's character, who is uh, with a woman at the beginning, and they're trying to run off together. And Charlie is played by Kieran Culkin. He is just the third third guy. We don't know too much about him. And they're doing a job to the the Kurt and Ronald are going to hold up this family in a house. Uh, and then the Charlie, the third guy, is going to take David Harbour's character, Matt, uh, and he is an accountant for a big-time guy that has a document in his safe at his work, and he needs to go get it. <laughs> uh, so David Harbour playing a little against type for what he's been the past several years. Uh, he's, he's kind yeah. of a, a meek character in this one. Uh, but things do not go right because the document's missing. There's an affair going on, too, with Matt and the secretary, uh, and Charlie it looks like he's about to double cross the two guys as well as kill the whole 
uh, Matt's whole family, and uh, they, 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 they uh, do not let that happen. Kurt does not let that happen. Don Cheadle does not let that happen. Right. And now Kurt and Ronald are kind of begrudging partners trying to figure out who set them up, who put this bounty on their head, what the ultimate goal is, and there's a lot of other characters that weave in and out all the way up to the big bad that gets revealed in the third act. And so it's a it's a heist caper crime kind of a throwback uh, like uh, what's the word? like noir noir, noir yeah movie. film noir yes yeah so that's that's the that's the plot is without getting you know super detaily what did you think of this plot Mama Kay? I'm concerned because I'm I'm concerned that um, I did not understand this movie and the plot because the plot seems very uh, first of all, the, all the nuances of it are very convoluted and complex, a la Soderbergh, pretty much all the time. But the the major problem that I have with it is right at the be- not right at the beginning, but right after uh, they think they're being double crossed, and they are. They're being double crossed by whoever has hired um, this trio of characters. We don't know whether it's really Brendan Fraser's character or whether there's something nefarious above him, which we find out, of course, that's true. But, um, that two things, when they find out that, um, the Karen Culkin character, Charlie wants to, is supposed to eliminate the family after, um, they get the information that they need. And then Don Cheadle kills that carrot kills Charlie Mm-hmm. Why at that point are these two people that are left from this trio of misfits? I don't understand why they don't just get the fuck out. Like, what? Out, out to where? Just out. Like, they need to go be criminals in another town besides Detroit. Because well, I mean, they still you still need money and connections to be a criminal. Like, you can't just and you okay. can't just like go. You can't just go somewhere with nothing. It just seems like if if you're in the criminal world, because Don Cheadle, did, his character, what's his name? I can't. Guy. Kurt. No, Kurt. 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 Kurt and Ron. Yeah, Kurt. Kurt and Ron. Right. Yeah. H- how you know Kurt just got out of jail? Like he literally got out of jail, and now he's looking for money to to move on. I get that, but all of a sudden you're in this like you get out of jail, and now you're you know knee deep into this new situation that sounds profoundly complex and they act more like they're the detectives trying to figure out what's going on than they are about trying to just get a little bit and go that's what it seems like to me i would have been i i just i i'm i'm kerfluffled by well, the the price in their head is large enough where I think it could follow them outside of Detroit. Yeah, like, but now they, they, is there a price on that price in their head because they killed Charlie? Is that why? Uh, there's a price on the head because of the document they're looking for. But I I'm so confused at the beginning that I guess that's where you are supposed to somehow figure out that there's like this whole cornucopia of of players that you're going to meet down the line. Otherwise, I don't understand why there's a price on their head. Honestly, I don't. Because they have the wrong document. They don't even have the right document because the right document wasn't fake, available. They have the fake the, They have the fake document, which right. is the real document. Because David Tennant's Matt is trying to save his family, so he wants to give them something, thinking it's going to get them Harper. off the hook. What's that? David Harbour. Oh, what did David, I say? David Tennant. David oh, Tennant. Wow, David Harbour, yeah. Um, Very different. Very different, yeah. <laughs> he is not in this film. He is not the surprise I mean, they, guest they become. 
They become loose ends that need to be tied. Yeah, I suppose. Just well, that's why he. That's why the guy's gonna kill the family because they're a littler. You know, don't don't let uh, anyone get close to what's going on. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I get the whole, you know, when you take people and you kidnap them, even though you're wearing a mask. And all of that was very interesting, too, because I felt like it was a really interesting play on the mask, knowing that this happened during the COVID times. And now these people have to wear a mask and people don't recognize them. I know it's 1954 or whatever, but that's it's kind of interesting. And a, a just lot of eyes, too. Yeah. my Some of my favorite stuff from this movie is during that whole elongated kidnapping scene and and actually is something that comes a little bit later when they find when he when uh david harbour they take david harbour to his boss's house because his boss actually has the document that they're looking for and benicio del toro is alone with the wife and he, <laughs> he i'm a little concerned at this point because he takes like a shawl off of the the back of the sofa and he puts it over her and he's like i just i just need some time i just need some time to to breathe and i thought oh my god he's putting this on top of her because he's gonna kill her and he just wanted to take the mask off to breathe freely for like a short period of time (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was great and some of that stuff is is exactly what soderbergh does really well that there's nuanced pieces that are really good um but this movie i think was unnecessarily complex and it was a, it, it, there was a lot of action, but somehow it still felt really slow. I don't know what he was doing with camera work. It was not my cup of tea, and um, I think I would have been he's able. Always to follow- doing, he's always doing new camera stuff. He loves. Yeah. His, he's always his own cinematographer and editor, and he, he he puts it under another name so he can like do it legally because there's a. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious he had he had an idea of what this was going to look like, right? So, um, I know that's a category later on, but it affect for me it it's a it affects the plot because I at some point I give up trying to think about what's going on and care about how many ancillary characters there are and why this is such a big thing, and then when we find out what the actual document that they're stealing, it's so. It's such a boring, benign thing that I'm like, oh, this is just deeply unsatisfying. I need this document to be. But it's better. got that historical. It's got the historical context. You get the little sure the little blurb at the end. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure it does. I get, I get that. But he I'm likes like doing that. He did that with uh, what's a what's that one we didn't like? Laundromat. The laundromat. Yeah, this is what this reminded me of. Was the laundromat only? This is better than the laundromat. This is way better than the laundromat. I, I think it probably is, and I think on a second viewing, I did. I have to. Uh, there's a caveat that I fell asleep roughly twelve times during this movie, um, after the introduction of all of our main characters in the beginning, because uh, we keep getting introduced to new characters as the as time goes on. So uh, I had to go back and do some extra watching because I did not know what was going on. Um, But I I think I have a good grasp of it. So, you know, the plot unnecessarily, unnecessarily twisted and I don't know. And also when you find out what the main thing is that they're looking for, it's really uninteresting. And then I don't care as much. I get that there's a, you know, that you're in Detroit. So there's a... There's a, a connection with, you know, the car industry, blah, 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 blah. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to, because I think that he needs to tone it down a little for the regular folk, I'm going to give him a two and a half on the plot. I I could follow the plot pretty well. I mean, it is, it is twisty. You have to, you have to really be, 
really be. I mean, I, I'm not saying you were attentive because I know you're one of the more attentive hosts. But I did fall asleep at but, least twelve times, so there's that. Yeah, piece. I suppose you lose interest. But uh, I mean, I, I I like I like this. I like this quite a bit. Um, I I think there is a lull from. We when we meet the uh, Ray Liotta guy, the, the like the middle the middle man and boss yeah. mob boss. Yeah, that's that kind of takes a little wind out for a bit. Uh, but once once that part is over and we get to the uh, when we get to the real automobile thing and like I like that I like the I like the automobile twist that the whole thing that they're looking for is this catalytic converter which is uh. Uh, plans to basically it basically cuts down on uh, pollution, right. but they're expensive, and so obviously someone in the car industry is going to not want this to be found because it's going to be expensive to do another thing. And by someone, you mean all of the big car companies that collusion wise, right. they don't want this to happen. Yeah, there's the char- the character who we meet later, Mister Big, is right. just a figure a figure to represent the automotive big wig industry guys. Um, and so the so I I like that as being the thing at the end, because um, I don't know like what else it could I I mean it's it's a it's mostly a MacGuffin until the until the very last couple of scenes and then the end like credit thing that he puts up the three the three paragraphs he puts up yeah um it's better than it's better than having it be a nothing I think because uh, otherwise it's it's a it's it's much ado to get to to nowhere at least it, at least it has a point i guess yeah uh, i guess the most the only, inter- when you go through these kind of movies generally there's i guess a lot of times it's like political things that you find out about you know political people being being bad doing bad things so this is i guess a shift away from that so that's good it's not political no it's business it's also right. there's also they talk about uh they don't say about the redlining like what they did to you know black communities like right. that's a big through line that goes through there's also like the the there's the italian mob and then there's the black run mob and we meet the two, the the black mob head guy uh who's the other one who has who puts a price on their head that's also another thing they have prices on their head by the different people for different reasons the one guy's wanted dead or alive the th- and th- these are like maybe little things if you're you know falling asleep because you're bored of it you, you might not pick up but like the one guy uh the Ray Liotta character, he wants the the black guy dead and the white guy dead or alive, and then the the black boss wants uh, the same thing, dead or alive for the white guy, but he wants Don Cheadle alive. So then they have right. different motives for what they're doing. You think you think they're they're like working together, but they're not really working together. I don't uh, understand why the black the mafia is involved, with the exception that he was Don Cheadle was beefing with that like low level, you know, guy at the bar. Like why? Why is the black mafia involved in this at all? Well, the, I think he the Mister uh no not Mister Big uh what's his what's the name of the the main uh the main black mob uh, Aldrich Aldrich Watkins oh, yeah yeah he, he he has an interest in Kurt sp- uh, specifically I think like, yeah I think, he does I think but I don't understand I don't get why. I think I think he probably used to. Work, I think his prison time is connected to him. Is what I got because when we get hmm. to the end and their little relationship yeah. thing that happens, I, that's the feeling I get. Is that the whole time he was kind of? Um, it's kind of like looking out for for the the other black guy in this yeah, I guess situation. So. Yeah, compared to you know every other character is going to turn on you. Right. Um, so I like the. the 
I like the whole plot. I think the strongest stuff that like the the house capture scene is really good. That's mm-hmm. like the like the most punchy part. Uh, and then yeah, that it's almost a out of place, but still good when they go to the boss's house and it's 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 comedic because it's Benicio throws the te- the blanket over the guy the woman's head, and then at the same time David Harbour's upstairs like I'm gonna punch, punch you now. <laughs> right. I'm making a fist. It's gonna punch you. Right. And like, so, so it's like David like Harbour like. <laughs> yeah, he has to play this this nevish meek character. It's very it's very uh, against time. I think he does a good job though. I think he Let's does. Talk, too. I mean, I'll, all I being a giant. So I think it's pretty good. It has a lull, so I'm going to give it a three five. But I think it's 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 tight. And if you, I mean, I'm probably not going to revisit this just because like I kind of get it already. But like if you, I think it's worth a revisit if you haven't uh, if you don't quite connect all the things at first. Um, but you know, I guess you could also be bored by it because it is a little slow. Like you have to be. Uh, you have to you have to like this slow noir type specifically, and let's talk about characters. We've got a lot of yeah. characters. Uh, I'm not gonna name them all again. What do you think of the characters? There are characters that I really like and can root for. I think they basically run, they they start at the beginning. If you're not in the beginning of the movie, if you're not in the uh, the kidnapping house sort of situation, or you're not Ray Liotta or the special guest star later. If you're none of those characters, I don't care about you. You're, uh, it's really a lot of extraneous nonsense. There's so much going on. There are so many little side things going on showing everybody's the, I, I don't know why we need to have all the characters. Like every clar- character has to have their flaw shown. Even ones that don't matter, like the wife doesn't really matter, but we find out. I think that there's some sort of relationship going on between her and her and the other and the other wife and the other woman. Yeah. Where they go. Yeah. I got that too. Yeah. I mean, who cares about that? Who cares about? I don't. I'm glad that they made that the affair that um, Matt was having with his boss's secretary mean something like it was part of the plot. That's great. So that wasn't just a side thing, but for a long time it felt like a side thing also that it wasn't really Yeah, no, it becomes an actual pertinent. connected yeah. to the this the central plot. Right. Yeah. But there are, you know, every time there's a woman in the whole movie, they're having an affair with someone. I mean, I guess you'd have to say that that's probably true for all the men too. Uh with the exception of I guess everyone but uh No, everyone. Yeah, I guess I Don Cheadle, uh, he for sure was having an affair with that woman in the very beginning. The very that's true. Yeah, I, I mean, guess it's just Mister Big, and I guess the the Aldrich Watkins, the the black mob boss, isn't directly connected to an affair. Everyone else, I think, is. I uh, know, um, uh, Brendan Fraser. He's not. He's not. Uh, yeah, uh, but he's, he's not, almost that he's, we know of. Yeah, he's my least favorite character from the beginning crew. I think just. Um, He's just kind of guy. He's, he's just like kinda... guy who takes characters from one place to the next. Yeah, he does. He's a he's 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 a car. Like that's what he does. And I think anybody could have done that. I don't know that he was you know particularly good in that. Um, Don Cheadle's accent in this was really annoying for me. I'm not really sure what was going on there. As was Matt's wife. Uh, the David Harbor character's wife's accent was way too. They were trying to give her the biggest, like, Michigander accent that you can. Uh, yeah, um, really? I didn't pick up on, on anything weird about her. Oh, so, Don Cheeto so didn't. Bad. Don Cheeto was 
Don Cheadle was sounding like um, what's the guy's name from The Wire? He, he has that like raspy like like voice. I can't. remember Yeah, but his it's name. high pitched. It's not like a. It's... Well, it's still because he's still Don Cheadle, so he still yeah. has that higher voice. Yeah, he's it's just... he's giving it gravel. It felt really contrived um, to me. Uh, but his character's, you know, the most interesting. I find it's I, I find him and Benicio del Toro to, to, del Toro together um, are kind of fun. And I'd watch a buddy movie with movie with them. I think because I think they play off of each other really well. I the scene I do like the what was whatever the comedic scene was where he's punching where David Harbour's punching his boss and then Benicio's downstairs with the wife. And I didn't, you know, once you get into the mob boss situation. I don't care about those characters as much because they're really flat and one dimensional in general, unless you're talking about like, you know, a Scarface or, um, or a Godfather situation. So, and that's not what this was really about. Um, it was kind of a buddy movie a little bit. So yeah, it's a mixed bag for me because I think there's too many of them and I wish they would kind of narrow it down a little and not make it just be like the biggest thing ever so um and our surprise character i'm gonna i i like that quite a bit he's um, the king of surprise character he shows up in all kinds of stuff in cameos sure he's, he's he does that for a long time yeah i mean you know he has a relationship with soderbergh he's done too, that in so. another soderbergh movie so exactly <laughs> he's in all the other soderbergh movies um so i'm gonna give the characters a three uh, I like uh, our two leads are good. Benicio's playing a character he's played a lot before, which is like you know just g- like quiet gangster man. Yeah, but I and, feel like he but, plays it with a little bit more humor than he normally does. Yeah, he's he's funny even even in the non comedic uh, right. blanket scene. He's he is the, the lighter he is the lighter character out of yeah. probably everybody. Honestly, like oh, I like I like Kieran Culkin. Kieran I, Culkin's I'm characters, he, yeah. I wish he didn't get killed so quick because he's the one who gets killed in the in the beginning. I wish he could have done something else or gone a little further. I mean, I guess they kind of maxed out what his character was, but I enjoyed right. all his. He's eating fries in the back seat. Like yeah. he's, he's he's a very casual, low on the totem pole guy. Uh, Don Cheadle, I think Don Cheadle's pretty like good in this. I, I didn't I didn't have a problem with any of the accents for anybody in this. I, well, that's not true. I have a little bit of problem problem with when Brendan Fraser does any voices because. There's this other movie I saw with he's in it. It's got John Travolta and Morgan Freeman, and he plays like a Southern doctor. And he is he cannot. Oh, I've never heard of like Southern accents. One of the easiest American accents to do, and he's so bad at it. It's it's like shocking. <laughs> um, but so I, you know, he, I'm, I have a feeling he was probably a late a late replacement choice for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about John Hamm at all. Who's you oh, know right. detec- detective detective yeah. man. I mean he's. Again, I, th- I think that might have been because uh, I think um, George Clooney was supposed to be in this. I bet that was him. I bet George Clooney. Was oh, probably. To be that guy. Yeah, that was, that's my guess. But he he ends up having more to do than I thought he would because he kind of disappears in the middle, which I think is the most boring part. I think the Ray Liotta character and all that's kind of boring. I, I guess it's there so that Benicio has a thing to do. But yeah. like, yeah, I mean, why not? Why not cut out? 
him and make the the guy in charge the the Aldrich Watkins the the black boss why not make him have the wife and then th- that's who the affair is happening and then you have a cross race thing you know, right. so that could be that could even be even better and like more interesting but yeah, yeah but I that would, would be they wouldn't make it to this part of their life back in 1954 if they were you know well I know but he's like a boss so he can he can have the the young white wife as because he's like a yeah. he's like a big man he's in charge. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I I thought it would add. I, I thought because then you could cut out the most boring part of the movie. That's true. And and then breathe on the better parts. And you know, it's it's not super long. It's it's under two hours. It's like an hour fifty something. But um, that's just the part that lulled the most. Uh, any other characters worth noting? Not really. Um, no, not really. I mean. I don't. I, I wouldn't. I have no other. I wouldn't say any other character. So I, I'll give him a three as well. Uh, just because you know, I don't think anyone gives career best, but some of the some of the top build. Uh, David Harbour is, I think, good against type here. I think he does a good yeah. job against not doing what he typically does. I think, I think he shows some range that I didn't know he had. So, yeah, so uh, let's move on to the visual and sound. Something Soderbergh is always experimenting with. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. For me, uh, everything he did with this movie made me not want to watch it. And that's a bummer because I'm all about the soundtrack. The soundtrack, half of the soundtrack sounded like it belonged in a cowboy movie. Uh, there's like this and it was, and I'm like, this is not noir. This is not crime drama. It's weird cowboy music. And I don't understand it. I don't understand. I thought the music fit. I didn't think it was cowboy. It felt super cowboy, especially when there would be like scenes when, they were doing anything outside where, you know, generally with a car, because that's what they were doing, stuffing people into trunks and forcing people into there cars. There was a lot and... of, like, like bass, like, like upright bass sounding sounds, but I thought that was, I but thought it was just snore. I don't, it... so, I mean, it was like, it was, and the, the cadence of it was like, you will fall asleep now. That's why you're falling asleep so much, because everything is, I mean, there's very exciting action-y things happening. But the music is not like reflective of that, so it did remind me of some of the Twin Peaks background music, which is specifically oh, which I detest. To be... Oh, see, I love the Twin Peaks music, which is specifically is supposed to sound dreamlike. So I suppose yeah, this well, sleeping makes sense. This was dreamlike, and in, in in as much that it, I fell asleep and probably dreamt a little bit during that time. So, uh, way to go, Mister Soderbergh, you did it. Yeah, I not a fan there are things that i like that he's done for me for with soderbergh for me it's always like really hit or really miss i don't it's and i feel like from this for me was a really miss it was super dark the music was super boring and the activity that was going on was based on a catalytic converter if you said that to people they would not go to this film so no i but he does i mean he hasn't he doesn't really make he has enough cachet now where he can just make his small little things by himself and he doesn't have to do the studios. Sure. Stuff that's like, not, that's <laughs> not a problem. He can certainly do it, but I'm going to be a critic out here saying uh, that's not my flavor. So, uh, yeah. usually these are things that when they're, you know, film people and directors and writers and things like that, this is what I kind of glom onto. Uh, it just, it was a miss for me. So this is a two. This is what I always look for in a Soderbergh movie because I know he's always going to do something different. He's always experimenting with a thing, and sometimes it doesn't work, and sometimes it's it's pretty good. And this is like a little a little mixed. So the whole thing is kind of 
Um, it's it's shot with like old widescreen lenses from like old old film, so it has this effect where you're kind of looking at everything through like like the bottom of a Coke bottle kind of look. It's it's kind of fish. Yeah, it's like, like fish. It's eye. almost like re- it's it's almost reverse fisheye because it's like yeah, because it's like I imagine those curved TVs. Like I don't have one. Maybe if you had a curved TV, this would actually look. <laughs> Like kind of cool. I'm wondering if that's if that's the case because like the way it is, like the the edges of the frame kind of curve out or curve. It's yeah. like it's it's the same direction a curved TV curves to like the eye. Like a picture tube TV, yeah. From the I mean, days. there you see. Yeah, that's what that that's his that's what he's going for. I mean, he will film a thing on an iPhone. He'll he'll film on a train, on a plane, on a cruise ship, um, in a box with he, socks. He'll do it. That's why. That's why I will always watch a thing because I think uh, he's he's always doing something a little different. Like he doesn't rest on his laurels. He's always he pumps out at least two movies a year. And I think even the ones I don't like, I see like like parts of quality in there. Like I really hated the laundromat, but like there was a few scenes that I liked, and there was like some things that I like uh, took out of it. Uh, And I think this for me is like a pretty middle, maybe slightly above average for Soderbergh because I think it's written really well. It's written by Ed Solomon who did he, he's had a weird career. He's done all three Bill and Ted's, uh, the original oh. two and and the newest one. And he did the Now You See Me's, those magician heist movies. Oh, this is he making sense in, now. Okay. He did men, the first Men in Black um, and he's also made a bunch of crap, but those are like his, his big things. I do uh, not like they, the they, Now You See Me's and I do not like the, oh, I, I don't I like, like the, now you see the no, and I don't like the writing of that and that's kind of i think that's where we're well, now you see these are kind of oceans 11 they're not like the they're oceans 11 without me caring a damn about any of it like i don't care about any of it oceans 11 i care about all of them even like even casey affleck and his brother which okay but no mm. I think it's a mixed bag on this one for the visual style. There's times I like it, and there's times where it's a little distracting. I like the, the music though, so I'm gonna give it like a three five. I always he gets the style points. It doesn't. It's not a out of the park hit on this one. Like I really liked his un, unsane where it was all iPhone. It looked really grainy, but the way it's it just looks it looks cool. I like that look. And this one doesn't quite get to that level, but there's things that add add intrigue. Uh, the so we're, we we're getting close to the end. So let's talk about. Mr. Matt Big. Damon's character, Matt Mr. Damon. Big, Matt Damon, yeah. showing up again in another. He was a, he was also an insane as like he was like a, a security inspector, and he was like he was in like B roll, like he wasn't even like a, a real <laughs> like he wasn't even a character, uh, and he showed up in what was like, he showed up in one of the Thor movies. He's he's he just kind of shows up for like a half scene frequently and different stuff, and yeah, and this one he gets a oh, little I forgot more that to do. He was this in one, Thor, yeah. Yeah, he was fake. He was Loki. Was he fake Thor or fake Loki? He was. Fake. Oh, yeah, he's fake Loki. Or, yeah. Um. And so the, the the big bad at the end is Mr. Big. He's the one pulling the strings, and he uh, is the one who wants this document. Uh, as I said, it's catalytic converter, so he could keep the knowledge out of the public to avoid all the car companies from implementing pollution controls. And then he goes on this big speech about how he's a, he's a, a god amongst men and. Every, no matter what everyone ever does, he will always be the winner. Just so you know, he wins. You, you may take this money today, but I will just go to sleep and make more money, and I'm the winner always. And Epic so the guy, winner. so he, yeah. then he walks out, and Kurt and Ronald are splitting up their money. Uh, and then to the door comes uh, Aldrich Watkins and his crew, 
and Kurt turns on Ronald, and he's like, uh, I had to do it, and then uh, Aldrich's like, all right, now grab Kurt, and so she was like, oh, wait, what? So now they're taking him <laughs> out of there, they're leaving, they're leaving the money behind to to uh ronald i like i like his line too when he's walking out like uh uh you're just gonna leave the money there he says that money's too expensive for me i like that that's very that's very old-timey noir feeling i like it it's good um and there was so the they're walking out the the walkins crew and they meet he meets down at the bottom uh detective joe finney who was caught up to the plot and his crew and uh he basically gives them a fifty thousand dollar cut to let them get rid of Kurt so he can continue to be the hero cop and they are going to deal with him in their own way. Uh, and then what's the other half? Uh, Ronald flees with Vanessa, the girl who uh, uh, he was having the affair with. Not and, Veronica, uh, but Vanessa. Not Veronica. That's yeah. great. That's a good cover. Uh, yeah, Vanessa, and he's they're running away, and uh, Vanessa betrays him and shoots him, and then a car, co- pol- police car, pulls up behind her, <laughs> takes the money, and leaves her just there on like, the side of the road with her car. Uh, and then Detective Finney is the one who has the fifty thousand from from Aldrich, and now he has all the money back from the meeting with Mister Big, and returns it to Mister Big. Yeah. So, and he even returns it. I like how uh, it was three seventy five, and then he miscounted. It's four oh seven because she also put her money in there. So now this the guy who's richer than everybody and right. has all the power now has even more money than he started I with. Know. And I was really hoping dead. that she still had the suitcase that had like the little money that she had when she started. So I um, thought it was possible. I thought it was possible he took, would take the wrong suitcase because they're so similar looking. Oh, but I guess he probably. I, I guess he saw the one that that uh, Benicio was carrying. So he that would have made the, the movie one. unnecessarily longer. Yeah, that's, it's fine. <laughs> so, so uh, a bunch of people are dead. A bunch of people have no money except for uh, Mister Big because Mister Big always wins. He, he's so he's so Mister Big. Uh, right. And Detective Joe Finney gets a nice bottle of whiskey for his trouble. And at the end, Watkins decides to let Kurt go. Uh, gives him uh, the, the five thousand dollar cut he was promised at the beginning of the yeah, movie. Yeah, the OG and now he five can leave grand. Town. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is nice. I mean, that's that's nice because the because yeah, the whole thing is the it's Detroit. It's the it's the money thing, and then it's also the that uh, neighborhood that was getting bulldozed is like a real based on a real neighborhood that got taken out, and right. all the like middle class black people were forced to move out, and they couldn't because of redlining, they couldn't get money for other places. So it's yeah. a it's a you know the the black guys looking Social out commentary. for each other because yeah. exactly. So I you know it, there's two there's two things going on here: the big powerful power structures all that uh but in the end mr big wins so except in the credits we see uh six years later that they had to put all the stuff in there but, right uh, people know, they, they people weren't fine their mouth shut so yeah yeah well that's why they, that's why they got to tie up the loose ends that's why it's like kill everybody. <laughs> so that's the end of this soderbergh experiment what do you think of residence feel oh you know his movies kind of when they don't hit for me they make me mad because I, I have... What expect- was the last one you liked? The last thing he made that you liked? Um, Maybe... I don't know. You know what? It's been a long time. But I was disappointed... Did you like Logan Lucky? Yeah, Logan Lucky was okay. That was fine. That was just a different... That's a totally different genre for him, so... Um, um, I didn't love that. Well, I, I don't know that I loved that. I mean, I... I give him props forever for doing the oceans movies, except for the second one. What is that? Ocean 12, I guess. Um, <laughs> so you're, you're writing 11 and 13. That's 11 your, and 13. That's sort of... Because 11 is one of my favorite movies. I mean, it's in probably like, you know, my top 
25 movies. I really love that movie. Every time it's on, I will watch it. Um, but then in the same genre that are not the same genre, that same time period, he also made uh, full frontal, which had, you know, I was a huge David Duchovny fan and he was in that. And I was like, I can't, this, it was, it was hard for me. I didn't like it. And so I was like, why are you doing this to me? Steven Soderbergh. So I've never seen full frontal. Yeah. Uh, it was just disappointing for me. I didn't, I wanted it to be something that it wasn't, I guess. Um, also, he just has a way sometimes, sometimes when I'm watching his movies, all I can think of is, I don't really know how this man sees women at all. And it's not, you know, he writes for the male gaze, um, almost exclusively. So I think I start thinking about that more and more and more. And then I'm like, uh, I don't really want to watch this anymore. What about that old lady cruise ship one with Meryl Streep we just watched? Uh, that was, that was all. I kind of feel like that was stereotypical of what men think of women. So it was this, it was not any different for me. (laughs) So I don't know. I'm yeah. Did I, I don't think I liked that. Did I like that? I don't think I, no, you didn't like it. I, I, I gave it like a medium pass. I thought it was all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't remember liking that. So, I mean, I don't know what he has to do to make a hit. Maybe he needs to put the right people together that I can get behind. Uh, and maybe maybe the original cast for this would have done it for me. I don't know. So, resonance and feel for me, I, I could go back and get more out of this movie. I'm not going to do it. It's just too dark and I would fall asleep again. So, uh, it's it's a two. Uh, I like this. I enjoyed watching it. Uh, nice thinker. A uh, couple of things. I mean, not not the stickiest. Like, I'm not going to remember anything forever. A couple of things, you know, stand out. Uh, but, you know, it's it's solid, uh, slightly above middle Soderbergh for me. It's. I mean, and we're, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm giving it a pass, but we're a little, I mean, it's 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's, it's doing well with the critics. So it's, a, it's, a, it's not in theaters, obviously, but it's a hit critically. Um so I, I I thought I mean I thought it was pretty solid. Uh, I would give the residents feel like a th- I'll give it a three, because um, it's more like a enjoyed watching. I think it's, a, it's like a three and a half is kind of where I land as an overall grade for this. So uh, at the end here, you're gonna recommend no sudden move? No, not unless people are having trouble sleeping. I recommend it. I liked it. It was good. Um, but you, you need to like, the, you know, again, I'm recommending it for the me's. You have to like right. the genre. You have to, and especially if you're one of those, like put it on the background. No, I can't do that with this. You gotta, you can't, yeah. you gotta be pretty, you gotta be real, real intent. Even if you're trying to be intent and you might fall asleep if you, I don't dislike do the genre. To. So, I mean, there was, there was a possibility of this to be a hit for me. Just, yeah. I think it was, I liked it. So we got a recommend and a not recommend, kind of yeah. just regular ones for no <laughs> sudden move. And that's the end of this one. I'm sure we'll be returning to another movie of his in four months, five <laughs> months or so. So often Maybe. they're always coming out. He's made like 40. I don't even know. Uh, so we got next one's a big one. It's yes. been waiting for a while. Yes. Got Widow, Black mm. Widow coming up and some other streaming movies as well as Mama Kate's host pick in a few more episodes. So you'll hear about that some more. Oh, maybe next I'll pick episode. a Soderbergh movie. You should. We, we haven't done very many. <laughs> now, this is our fifth. This is our fifth one. I know. It's a lot, right? He makes a lot. And he, he's just they're too usually. Prolific. 
pretty good. They're not always, but they're, I mean, at least they're interesting. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to recommend anything to us for those down, those down times when there's nothing to watch and we need recommendations, film us with the women of my life on Facebook, reach out to me on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore Potos, where the big dumb American movie tournaments going on right now <laughs> with all those big blockbuster action movies that, uh, everyone hates to love guilty pleasure loves to uh, hate uh it depends on who you are but uh, they are definitely uh they're, they're big and they're big and dumb for sure yeah uh so that's on my instagram brennan underscore pod host and you can also email the show films with the women at gmail.com thank you mama k for being on my pleasure till next time this is brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore Podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.